What caught my eye in sport this week? Well, it's a hockey theme, and oh, really? I was waiting for you to say the the glorious day out at Lickcomb Mobile, four games. We have Western New South Wales Rugby League to get to that, and this, that's where I'm going to own the segment, and it's oh, going to be a wholly owned subsidiary of West Ashfield at okay, that point in time. Okay, then fair enough. But to begin with, the Commissioner of the National Hockey League, that Gary Twitman, ah, uh, Batman, you know, he's, <laughs> he's, he's just such a popular figure. Um, actually, bylaw in the NHL, you cannot be considered a hockey fan unless you boo Gary Batman. If you have anything nice to say about I Gary Batman, you are a baseball fan, you are a basketball fan, and you are a sellout as a hockey fan. I wanted to boo, but I don't think our listeners would like that. Well, we can boo Gary Batman anyway, but he, he fronted a parliamentary panel this week and he actually said something smart and then he followed up with something incredibly stupid because he said that if you ban any sort of head contact in hockey whatsoever, then you will effectively be banning all sorts of physical contact because players will be too nervous to throw body hits in case a player ducks their head at the last moment. Okay, so that's obviously the good bit. What's the bad bit? He also said that there is no evidence of head trauma sustained in the NHL contributing to long-term concussion injury. Okay. Obviously, obviously Gary has not heard of the movie Concussion. Yeah. Will Smith starred in that, and I think it was Bennett Omalu was yeah, actually Dr. his name. Yeah, Dr. Bennett Omalu and CTE, based on a true story, mm-hmm. and even the NRL guys, because Ian Roberts himself... The former mm-hmm. Manly Ford and South Ford is been told he has CTE in the very early stages of it. So, but yeah. any major contact mm. sport where you possibly clashing heads, you're going to have yeah concussions. The, the other problem that Batman raised as well, and this is a very legitimate point because this is actually where more of the concussion is actually starting to come into the game, is when you have open ice body checks. Now that's not because of the checks going wrong and hitting the head, but because they hit at such impact that the neck will actually snap back and it will shake the brain in the head and cause brain trauma that way. That is a legitimate point to make, that concussion is not always caused by direct impact to the head. But for Gary Bettman to say there is no evidence whatsoever that any head trauma whatsoever contributes to long-term uh, health problems. I think that is an absolute Muppet move. He's got no idea. And Gary Bettman, I'd tell you to give yourself an uppercut, but you probably just go off and give the league an uppercut and screw us out of another season with another lockout, which I believe is probably only about 18 months away. So, Gary Bettman, stuff you very much because you're about to ruin hockey again for another generation. That's if the NHL is lucky enough to survive his commissionership. Now on the bench, it's time for something different. Time to look at ice hockey. Not that I ever hold back from giving my honest opinion on this show because that's what people always ask for more on the bench is people's honest opinion because we always hold back. You know that, Shane. Yeah, well... You've held back so often. We're not not seen to be the no-holds-barred community sports radio show going around. We're not the number one sports show in community radio in Australia. That's exactly right. So... But I know before we get on to our two guests here, just a quick score update. Thanks to our friends at Magpies Waitara. Mm-hmm. First try of the uh, upper Townsville to the Cowboys. has been converted 6-0 after 12 minutes. And coming into halftime over in Canterbury, it's 7-6. The Crusaders leading the Sharks. 
That's all for Magpies Waitara, the action attraction of the North Shore on the Magpies Waitara scoreboard. And yes, we are getting into the hockey now. And there was a game on the weekend which didn't go quite according to plan. So to help us through that and understand exactly what went wrong, welcome back yet again, Jeremy Vasquez. How's it going, Keith? Well, it, it was good until I saw the second and third period. Well, actually, the back half of the first period as well from the game against the North Stars up in Newcastle, but a 4-3 loss, and after getting out to 3-0, they say 3-0 is the most dangerous lead in hockey. It's about the equivalent of leading 2-0 in a game of Mm. soccer. You just get run down like that, and then all of a sudden you get overrun. But it was a fair start getting out to 3-0 inside, I think it was 10 minutes, up at uh, the Hunter Ice Skating Stadium, which isn't exactly the most easy place to go. Yeah, look, they, we were up 3 nothing, and we had all the confidence and then they, they scored one and then they scored another and the confidence kind of went down from there and we just we just couldn't really get back into the game from there. Well, we'll touch on that a little bit more in a moment, but we do have another player joining us this evening. He is one of the imports. I wouldn't say fresh off the plane, certainly not as fresh as what Justin Viano was when he came in to talk to us. He was only about eight hours off the plane, and he really stepped it up for us, and that was a great effort. But former former St. John Sea Dog and former Syracuse Crunch player in the American Hockey League and a host of teams that he played for in what they call the A. Welcome to the bench. Now, I've got to get this right. Danny Gautier, did I get that right? Yeah, you got it. Thank you for having me. Fantastic. Now, Danny, we'll just touch on a bit of your background. And you played with the St. John Sea Dogs and uh, came through the Quebec Junior. And I, I have all the time in the world for the St. John Sea Dogs because they produce Thomas Shabbat, who is doing wonderful things for my team. And it's about the only thing that I have to lean anything on at the moment, which is actually in any way good. But what was it like growing up in that part of the world? Because according to uh, the information that I'm looking at, you grew up in a place called Waterloo in Quebec. Is that correct? Because uh, I thought Waterloo was in Ontario. No, uh, they, they put that on my uh, on my page, but I'm I'm from Montreal. Montreal. Yeah, so I don't know. Oh no! Oh no! No! Oh, no! I feel so sorry for you. Oh, gee, uh. One of the gentlemen that started this the bench show originally on our former station, he's from there as well, and. And Jer- Jeremy's favourite bench member, actually, Anthony Caruso, who he's going to be shooting pucks at from the slot when we get Caruso on the ice as a goaltender. He's a Montreal fan. So so what's going to happen? Are we going to have Danik shooting pucks at Caruso as an all-Montreal thing? Or how do you want that to work, Jeremy? I don't know. Maybe maybe I feed him some pucks. Oh, so Jeremy sets up Danik for the shot yeah. at Caruso. Yeah, a couple one-timers. That's I'll, fantastic. But we've got to sit there and get Caruso strapped up to it so that he cannot move. What, Milhouse Van Houten style to the goal? Goldberg. Just, yeah, the goal, Goldberg. Goldberg's Goldberg goal too. literally arms out <laughs> yeah. in, the, in the Superman pose to strap him to the goals. And all of us, yourself, me, Measy, Dom, we could all just sit there and let rip at that one of these outside broadcasts that I know that we are going to get to later in the year. Who's my chief? I just want to see him literally just have bruises all over him. Well, that, that's going to that's gonna be golden. We'll get to that soon too, Jeremy, and we'll talk a bit more about that. But, Danny, you grew up in Montreal, and that place is just – it's hockey mecca in Montreal. There is no more – even the – you've got the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Boston Bruins, but I don't think there is anything more synonymous with hockey than the Montreal Canadiens. You've got the Chicago Bulls in the basketball, the New York Yankees in the baseball, the Dallas Cowboys in the NFL, and then you've got the Montreal Canadiens in the NHL. What was it 
like growing up in a place where hockey isn't life? It's food, it's school, it's sleep, it's it's everything. Well, there, there, there the hockey is it's totally crazy. The the fans are just going nuts, and the, the players are really like a superstar, you know. Like they go, they go eat, and they, the people they just recognize them all like right away, and they want to take pictures. And uh, I guess like I guess sometimes it's hard for the players too to play a, a place like this. Mm-hmm. But at the, but growing up and watching the watching the the Canadian, it was it was fun. It was pretty fun, and um, I still enjoy watching them. And they're probably one of my favorite team in the league, but they're, they're not my favorite one. So, in, interesting question there. Who would be your favorite NHL team? Because you grew up in Montreal, and your first contract out of junior when you aged out was actually with the Syracuse Crunch, which is the American League affiliate or the reserve grade team, the equivalent thereof in, in Australian parlance, to the Tampa Bay Lightning. So who do you have an affinity for the Lightning as a result, or do you have a team separate to that again? Um, well, for sure, I'm gonna always have a special, uh, special thing for Tampa. It was a team that uh, was uh, that they signed me. So um, I, I always liked them, and I like uh, Kucherov uh, as a player. Mm-hmm. But uh, before my team was Chicago. Okay. Uh, because of Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane. <laughs> I, love, I love Patrick Kane. I love uh, I love the player. I love how he can stick and long the puck, stick and low. Mm-hmm. And um, but but now but now like before it was Chicago but now it was more like Dallas. I always change uh, the team. I don't know why, but I would I would choose Dallas now. It's Dallas. He's going from bad to worse. Seriously, he's gone from <laughs> su- living somewhere where Caruso loves to associate himself with to supporting a team that Mister Mears decides to follow. What? No, me. Oh no, no, no that's right. Mizzy is obsessed with the Mighty Ducks, but he claims the Stars is his team because yeah, he, he once went to the American Airlines Center to watch the wrestling. Yes, so therefore, correct. he's a Dallas fan. He's a, he's a star. Yeah, figure that one out. Well, at least he doesn't just sit there and carry on as a Ducks fan, which some, which one of your teammates, Jeremy, actually does. And we're going to be talking to him next week in an interview. Well, we've actually already spoken to him, but we're going to air that next week, and that is the. Well, you thought you had problems coming back from Colombia, but this guy looks like the drug lord in Brian Fune. So (laughs) he even admits to that. He even admitted to that, that he waited until he got back to Australia from his trip to South America before he got rid of the beer, because otherwise he expected plenty of questions from customs and an inspection of his bag at Sydney Airport. But... Danny, getting back to you for a moment, the once you moved away from the Sea Dogs, and that was in New Brunswick, by the way, the Quebec Junior League covers New Brunswick and Quebec and Nova Scotia and Prince Edward Island, but you moved in, and you were sort of on the precipice, I suppose, between the A and the ECHL, which is the equivalent of the Ron Massey Cup, moving between the Syracuse Crunch and the Florida Everblades for a few years before you actually moved to, I understand, Kansas with the Wichita Thunder. What's Kansas like as a hockey place? Because they had a team once and they were just completely scrubbed from history. I think it's now the new the Kansas City Scouts ended up becoming the New Jersey Devils now. Oh yeah, I don't, uh, Kansas. Well, the hockey was not that bad, but they, they have a couple of teams. I think they have um, they have the Tulsa Two Oilers mm-hmm. and uh, Allen um, Allen American, but uh, it was not that bad. The, the the rink was it was not packed, but it was it was a lot of people. And it was pretty fun, and and I, I like it. I liked it. I liked the the Wichita Thunder. I liked the the team, and I like I like it play there. Okay, Wichita from Wichita, you headed there, but then 
on to South Dakota, Norfolk Admirals as well in Virginia, the Tulsa Oilers in Oklahoma, and then you ended up back in Canada on loan to the Manitoba Moose a couple of years ago. That's a lot of geography to cover, not just distance, but some very different cultural aspects there as well in North America from French Canada down to New York where Syracuse is, upstate New York, and then down to Florida, inland to Kansas, which is farm country, up to South Dakota, which, well, there's not really anything apart from Mount Rushmore in South Dakota, and then to Virginia, which is just a happening place. It's on the other side of the Potomac from D.C., and then out to Oklahoma, which is really just famous for being the subject of a musical, and then back to Manitoba, which, well, if you thought there wasn't much to do in South Dakota, wait until you get to Manitoba. But there's a lot of moving there. How did you manage to keep up with that? Because that's not really something that too many players in sport out here get used to, so much movement throughout their careers. Uh, Well, um, I start, I mean, with hockey, you always always move. uh, When you're younger, you always change team, you know, because you're trying to go higher and... I, I, I left home when I was 14, so uh, I, I was used to it. And I mean, you get I get used to it. I got used to it to pack my <laughs> pack my uh, mm-hmm. my luggage and and just be ready to play with another team. So uh, it was not a it was not a problem for me. Um, I didn't really mind it. Okay, when when you did leave the Manitoba Moose, you then headed to Scotland. Now, that is not what you would consider to be a hockey nation at all. What inspired the move to Scotland, and how did you find the hockey over there? Because I know in the north of England, around Sheffield, there's a lot of talk about how good the hockey culture is there, even though it's still a fairly niche sport in the north of England. Uh, well, that's, that's, it's actually the UK league. Like we play, mm-hmm. There's only four teams in uh, Scotland. And we play against other team in UK, and it's a it's a it's actually a pretty good league now. There was a before, like I was saying to um, to to um, Jeremy. Jeremy, sorry, I forgot. <laughs> uh, the the hockey before it was more like a tough guy that was going overseas to play in this league, but now there's a lot of uh, skilled players and good players that plays, and it's it's getting a good league, and I, I like it a lot. And Scotland, it's beautiful, and I I've, I've been there for two years now. It's mm-hmm. I just enjoy. Enjoy Is it. that where you plan on going back after the Australian season finishes? And what, what season do they play in the UK? Do they play concurrently with the NHL or do they play in the off-season to the uh, NHL? Yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah, same as the NHL. Same as the NHL, pretty much. But uh, So you could end up getting into a situation where you're playing the UK league and then in your UK off-season you come to Australia to play. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking about doing, but... Um, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do for next year yet, mm-hmm. um, but we'll, we'll see. But for sure, Scotland is uh, is uh, the place that I'm thinking. Now, is Scotland uh, with the Fife Flyers is that a year by year thing, similar to what happens in the Australian League, or have you got a longer term contract there, maybe two or three years? No, it was uh, my my, fr- my first contract was a year. Mm-hmm. My second one was another year, uh, so I just got to sign another contract, but. Um, I don't like I I want to see if I can get something better or uh if I can go uh, somewhere else but I don't really want to go somewhere else. Uh I really like that place uh, Fife. It's a small town and uh, the fans like me and I like the fans are they're, they're unbelievable. And the rink it's just it's crazy there the the, ho- the hockey and the they like they have those uh how you call that in English drum. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're just going Big nuts drums. and they scream it's it's pretty fun. I I love it. So you you like the drums? Have you tried the haggis in Scotland yet? Yeah, I try everything. Haggis, uh, black. And did pudding. you keep it down or did it come straight back up? No, I got, it's pretty good. I love it actually. Wow, <laughs> like the haggis, impressive. That that takes a strong stomach. 
I haven't had a chance to actually sit down and go through exactly what role you'd be playing, but you're, you're used to being a centre or a left wing. You've got a left-hand shot. What sort of role are you looking to play? Are you looking to be a main goal scorer? Are you looking to be one of the grinders, one of the enforcers? or what, What's the main role you see yourself playing at the moment? Um, I'm seeing myself playing uh, goal scorer and probably bring some energy, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I love to hit and it's always going to be in my, it's always gonna be in my, uh, in my game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like more, more I play physical, more I play better. And uh, for the rest, it'll just come. But I think I'm gonna. I'll score. A, I'll score a couple of goals. That's for sure. And how long have you been actually on the ground in Australia so far? Because um, did you play last week against Newcastle? Because I didn't get the chance to actually sit down and look at the team list. Because mm-hmm. I got holed up by Andrew Whitten. Shout out to Andrew who held the tailgate party early uh, on Saturday, and that was a rousing success. So your first game is going to be this weekend, I take it. Yeah, it's trip uh, to the Brave it's, Cave. Uh, it's tomorrow, actually, of my mm-hmm. first game. But uh, I got here two days ago, so. Uh, I didn't play the last game. I mm-hmm. only practiced yesterday. You certainly pressed. You certainly pushed Justin Viano in terms of getting off the plane and getting there. But Jeremy, what advice would you give to Danny before he steps out into the Brave Cave? Because it is considered the most intimidating venue in the AIHL by a lot of players and fans that I've spoken to. Yeah, you just gotta, you just gotta not let the fans get to you and just. Uh, watch your back, you know, for a couple, <laughs> watch couple, your back. couple of projectiles. Well, I, I did speak to Matt Harvey on the AIHL podcast of of the season preview, and he did say that he does get a bit of a target on his back. So, mate, what do you think? We send Danik after Matt Harvey and see how he responds to that. <laughs> no, I think Matt didn't play him when the Brave came to the Macquarie. No, Centre, I think so. I think I think he I think he's better off getting a couple goals for for us and mm-hmm. just get the get the W. You're going to be parked on the first line. Any discussion with that so far? First line, second line? Uh, first line, I think. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm on the first line. Oh, that, that's that's not too too much to ask at all. That just the first line and go from there, and uh, no no pressure whatsoever. Speaking of pressure, there was plenty of pressure on the North Stars, Jeremy, after they did go down three nothing early. Uh, at the Hunter Stadium uh, on the weekend on Saturday, just gone. Getting out to 3-0 early, do you think that you might have taken the foot off the pedal there or was it simply the fact that Newcastle looked at the scoreboard and said nuts to this and we're just going to find a way? Yeah, I think they, I think they definitely came back and we, we, didn't, we didn't respond the way we should have. They came out with a couple of big hits and, and whatnot, a couple of questionable calls, a couple of power plays here and there. And, um, yeah, they just kind of caught us on our back foot. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just, obviously, we couldn't come back and respond. So Now, one of those questionable calls was an interesting one because I saw Ron blowing up on the bench and calling the referee over, and he looked like he was ready to really jump out on the ice and just drop the gloves himself on the Newcastle go-ahead goal. So what was the controversy there? Because it looked as though there was a little bit of dislodging of the net, and Kimlin looked as though he was wedged against the post and it somehow got in. So what was the what was the blow-up there? Yeah, look, from uh, from the bench angle, it looked like it, looked like it went underneath the 
the underneath the posts, underneath mm-hmm. the moorings. So the net had actually come up off the mooring. Yeah. It hadn't actually left the um, mooring itself. Well, yeah. It had just come up slightly. And yeah, that's what it looked like because the, the net ended up being off after the play. So mm-hmm. we're, from what we saw, it looked like a little spot underneath the net that the putt could have gone through. And Kimmer said that he had the angle. So um, it's not much you can do there. It's the ref's call. So. Mm-hmm. Um, that's Do we how need they video won. review in the AIHL? Because I know that oh, fans we... of the NHL just love those continual offside reviews in the NHL. Oh, it... They can't get enough of those seven-minute stoppages. It, it would definitely help. You know, there's there's a lot of questionable calls here and there. You know, every game there's at least one. So, so Jeremy Vasquez is a fan of video review and he loves watching seven-minute offside reviews oh, when yeah. he watches the NHL. Gives, gives us a little break. Can't get enough of it. <laughs> <laughs> now. It, it is the second grand final rematch. It was a 4-1 loss in the second game of your season, the first of the Brave season. Where are you looking to improve on your previous performance against the Brave? What are you looking to step up against them this time around? Because the Brave, we saw what they did last year, and I think I've mentioned previously, the one area where you might have considered it an ever-so-slight weakness. In goal, they went out and got a guy that's actually played in the NHL before. So all of a sudden, that's their strength. Where do you beat the Brave after what you saw against them last time? Um, I think I think we just you know come out and do our game plan defensively because that's mm-hmm. that's where we succeeded last year. You know we we had the least goals against in the league, and uh, that's all. We just focus from the defensive end and then work on the offense that comes from the turnovers that we create. Mm-hmm. So hopefully get a couple goals on them and try to catch them on their back foot. So you're looking more at a counter-attacking game and sort of playing a defensively-minded yeah. game yeah. rather than going out and trying to yeah. go blow for blow with them? Because they've obviously got they've obviously got a really good, solid team like mm. front to back, so you gotta you got to really capitalise on their mistakes. And it's particularly surprising with the Brave that they have such a strong side because you look at their lineup and they've only got the one Australian representative because the Ice have got five and the Stars have got four. The Bears have got three in Kimmer, Tyrell, Claire and Brian at the moment there uh, on the current Australian roster. But the Brave have only got one. So for them to be such a dominant force in the league over the last couple of seasons, when you look at the roster and the number of Australian players they've got, is actually a little bit of a surprise that either they can do that without the rep players or that they don't get more love from the national selectors. Yeah, it could be a combination of both. Um, I'm not too sure there. Maybe it's just in Canberra, out of sight, out of mind, because everybody looks at Canberra <laughs> and forget thinks about it. just forget it's about just politicians down there, and we're not going to go watch them. <laughs> yeah, I mean they get they get a I got to hand it to them. They get a really good fan base down there. You know, they pack the mm-hmm. barn. That's what makes it so hard to play in that little brave cave that they got. It, do you find it difficult to communicate because of the ricocheting of the noise? Because Newcastle's not exactly a large venue itself, but communicating doesn't seem to be that much of a drama, unless, of course, Newcastle start on a rush and then you can't hear yourself think. But maybe that was just the fans that I was sitting around. But is it an almighty din during the game down at the Brave Cave? Yeah, I mean, certainly the the fans affect the, the communication a little bit because there's obviously no glass for the mm-hmm. for the... For the sound to bounce off, and they're like they're like kind of breathing down your neck because you know they're mm-hmm. all up against the up up against the nets and the cages. So it's a bit of a it's a bit of a little dungeon they got there. Ever inspired just to turn around and just drop the gloves with one of them? Oh, or? it's it's definitely been thought about in the in past years. <laughs> that that 
brings an interesting question to you, Danik, because we discussed this with Justin and he offered some really interesting insight into it. We talked about dropping the gloves um, in humour and jest there, but what what is your take on the role of fighting in the game of hockey? Because we, we almost came to a consensus when Justin was in the studio that if you don't have fighting in the game, that basically invites pests, I think we'll use the term because I can't use the term I really want to use on like community Marchand. and family radio with guys like Brad Marchand and even to to a lesser extent, he's not so much that sort of player but just a really niggly player in the Canadians' Brendan Gallagher. What sort of role does fighting play in the game as far as you're concerned and is there a place for it? Uh, I think I think there's a place for it because it's part of the sport and uh, I think if you take, take the fighting uh, out of the game there's going to be more cheap shot, and if if there's no, no nobody to defend the, the guy that got the cheap shot, uh, it's just going to keep going. It can get dangerous, you know. And sometimes it's just good to put a guy uh, put a, put a guy back to his place and just let him know that he, he can do that. But I'm not I'm not saying that it's it's okay to fight like having probably like five uh, four or five mm. fight a night, but. Just defend your defend the, the players. Uh, I, I think that's you, you need it. Oh, I think that's pretty much what we came to last time as well, Jeremy. Was the, the show fights and the ones where you immediately step up and you know what we just conceded a goal, another goal. We're down three 0 We've just pulled the goalie. You know what? I'm just going to fight and try and rev my team up as opposed to and if you get a chance go on YouTube and look up what Brad Marchand did in the game against Columbus I think it might have been the day before yesterday where he's just put a cross check into the back of the head of a Columbus player while he's actually down on his knees that's the sort of thing that we're talking about with cheap shots but is that where we stand at the moment where fighting if you don't see a teammate take a cheap shot then just keep the gloves on yeah, I mean that's what they've tried to do, you know, with the with the whole fighting in the NHL. But you got to keep them accountable. If they if they're doing those cheap shots and whatnot, then they do need to pay the price. But I think I think the whole fighting to get to get energy on the bench is is gone down a significant amount since uh, in the past years. But. Yeah. Of course, we could just see what I think was put together as sort of a, a mocking tribute based on the CBC coverage of a Boston game one night where Brad Marchand was given two minutes for existing as opposed to everybody else who actually had to do something other than breathe. But I think I referred to him as an oxygen thief last time and I stand by that. But getting away from the Australian League and into the NHL at the moment. And get that smile off your face, Shane. <laughs> get that smile off your face. You've already taken my first round pick. Good. Stop smiling. Now, we're in the middle of the conference semifinals at the moment. Two, two ties in the East and two ties in the West. St. Louis and Dallas are currently tied at two games each. They play tomorrow morning. This is the one I'm interested in. I'd be very interested to get your takes on it. The New York Islanders who swept the Pittsburgh Penguins just absolutely rolled over Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin and Chris Letang and Phil Kessel up against the Carolina Hurricanes who had to... Who had to spit, bite, grab, pinch, scratch, gouge, stomp, anything to get a result in seven over the Alex Ovechkin-led Washington Capitals. And I bet Xander was just torn up by that, wasn't he? Oh. Just absolutely shattered by that result. And yeah. um, Well, Carolina's leading 3 nothing going into game four tomorrow. So 
If you've played a seven-game series, Danik, I'll start with you. What, what's that like if you sweep a series and then you have all that time before you come up against the opponent next time? Do you lose that momentum? Because in the other series that was swept in the first round in the East, Columbus is going toe-to-toe with Boston, who also went seven. Uh, no, you just take that time to, to uh, use that time to rest your body because uh, a best of seven, it's always hard and in playoff too, the players play so hard and it, it's really intense. So you just gotta get gotta know your body and rest it and practice. Keep practicing with the with the team and you wait for the the other series to to go. And after that, when the the other series start, you're just you're fresh and you're ready to go. Do those off days having so many of them by hockey standards? Because normally it's one on one off, or you get the occasional one on two off. Do, do those extra days, almost a week in Columbus's case, I think it might have actually been nine days, does that play in terms of the flow of the team and interfere with that? Or is that something that you've already been used to across the 50, 60, 70, 80, whatever it is, game schedule? Uh, well, in, in junior and the lower grades, oh, it's a lesser yeah. schedule. But yeah. in the NHL, you're right, it's 82. But the A plays 76 and the juniors play less again. So mm. does it play havoc with getting that momentum and keeping that momentum? Or are you more welcoming of the rest opportunity because of all those niggling injuries? Well, I think the guys, the guys like like me, if I, if I play best of seven, um, the momentum always always stays because I always play the, the, the game like it's my last because you never know in playoff. You you never know when you're gonna uh, if you're gonna lose or, or win the series, so you want to give everything you get. So uh, the momentum's always there. And what's what's your take on those series? That series will start with the Canes and Islanders. Have you been watching any of the playoffs of uh, late? Uh, I watch a couple of games, but I'm not. I don't really watch hockey to be honest. Okay. I don't. I don't watch during, during the season. I watch playoff, but I didn't watch it all though, because it's pretty hard in Scotland mm-hmm. to watch some games. They they are at twelve at night or mm-hmm. two in the morning and three, so it's pretty hard. But now I hear it's in the morning, so it's a little bit easier for me. And is that something you're looking forward to, at least for the duration of the playoffs? It's only going to be a few weeks, but being able to sit down and actually watch those games at a at a civilized hour. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch the, the last couple of games for sure. It's, and it always go, it gets more uh, more excited at the end. But uh, I'm looking forward to you to watch them the game in the morning uh, while I'm eating my breakfast. And as a dedicated Montreal Canadian from way back in a Montreal junior, have you bought your Columbus Blue Jackets jersey yet to cheer them on against the Bruins? <laughs> no, I think I actually think uh, Bruins are going to go pretty far this year. They have a good team and. Uh, with that Marchand, uh, he's, uh, he's, he's, a, he's a rat, but he's a, he's a rat that you want in, in your team. Jeremy, what, what's your take on the other Eastern series? We're talking about that, the Boston-Columbus series. Um, Boston fought back with a 4-1 win over Columbus, but the way Boston really just toyed, I thought, with Toronto in the first round and the way Columbus just rolled over the top of Tampa like it was almost the inversion, the one versus eight thing, and Columbus had been the runaway President's Trophy winner. What do you see happening in this series? Because we want to stop you taking your victory lap on that Tampa prediction that you came up with. Well, I think... I think definitely game seven is is game seven is is in the is in the books, but you know anything can happen. It's it's the playoffs, baby. Oh, that that don't fall back on that. You've already done that once. Let let's let's get something more than a game seven. Who goes through to face at this stage? Probably the Carolina Hurricanes. Well, I think Panarin's on a bit of a bit of a streak mm-hmm. at the moment, so I think I think Columbus will find a way to get to the next round. Okay, let's head west and. 
tell me how San Jose is going to win this series that they're in at the oh, moment. You, just tell me how you San Jose just sit, back sit in your little sit chair. down and sit down and be quiet, Shane Evans. I'll get to you in a moment. But tell me how San Jose is going to win this series and distribute another first round pick to the Ottawa Senators as a result of going all the way to the Stanley Cup final and disappointing the Colorado Avalanche. It's not the words you want to hear, Keith, but I'm sorry that Nathan McKinnon is just too good. Yeah. I told you to be quiet, Shane. I'll turn your mic off. And so you're you're thinking that that monster oh, line that the he, McKinnon ran and Landis line McKinnon's, is just going to roll? Yeah, McKinnon's an absolute beast in the playoffs right now, and him Rantanen and this Kale McCarr that they've got oh, in. Oh, mate, he's good. He's good. Yeah, Kale McCarr, you know, stud stud in NCAA D one, and now he's coming in and stepping up in the playoffs. You know, so that that must that must be an incredible step up, Danny, to go from NCAA straight into the NHL playoffs. Can can you imagine what that what sort of intensity that would be like? Pretty big, but he's probably a, good, a really good player. Yeah, yeah. They, I'm pretty sure they he took the team into the Frozen Four. So, well, that that's true as well. And the the other series that is sort of forgotten about in all this because everybody really thought. Well, certainly I was hoping for a repeat of last year when Nashville played Winnipeg in the second round. And if you get a chance, just go back and look at that series last year because that was just seven games of the most brutal, fast, skillful, intense hockey you'll ever see. But Dallas and St. Louis, they're tied at two. Game five goes back to St. Louis tomorrow, and that's going to be looking at this, an 11.30 a.m. puck drop. So well after breakfast, but you might go for a run in the morning and maybe put the earphones in as you're on the bus on the way down to the Brave Cave. But Dallas and St. Louis, if you could get money on... Colorado versus Dallas and Carolina versus Columbus as your conference finals in yes, the preseason. Please. Jeremy, which 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 tropical island would you buy and why? Because <laughs> that's what you'd be able to afford if you had money on those as your conference final matchups. Oh. Where would the ideal holiday destination be? Something in the Caribbean or something in the South <laughs> Pacific or uh, I'd want probably the Carolina one. That'd be that'd be good to see them go far. You think that the storm surge can make a return in the Stanley yeah, Cup final? The, the jerks, <laughs> the jerks returning. Who do they play? Do, uh, do they play Colorado? See, Shane, I could say it. Or do they play Dallas slash St. Louis? Mm, that, that's a really tough one because they're all pretty much on the same par. They're, they've all got similar looking teams, but I'd probably I'd want to see Colorado in the finals. You know. After after all those first rounds, put your wallet away, Shane. <laughs> all right, put your wallet away. After after getting McKinnon and <laughs> after all those like years that they've been on the lower tier. After they they had uh, Forsberg, that whole that whole era with Forsberg, that'd be quite some. Even though it's been acquired by trade, and I still have nightmares about it, but that'd be quite something. If Colorado went on to win the cup, and then they still got to pick in the top five of the draft, yeah, in be the a same scary season. looking team coming years. Well, you you just be upset because a team that you thought was at the start of the season was going to do nothing has come through and is within what now. Three games of making the making final, play another twelve well, games. You, no, you got, you got to go through to the conference final first. Yeah, tw- yeah, 12, don't don't about, get too excited. No, about yet. twelve games, twelve games to the end of the Stanley see, Cup. See, you're as bad as the Toronto Maple Leafs fans, and th- this is where we're we're on a unity ticket on this, Danik. Shout out to Andrew Bourne if you're listening as well, because there, there's and unfortunately, Andrew. I can't sit down with you as a Toronto Maple Leafs fan and have a drink with you at the bar after a game because you as a Toronto fan always go home after the first round. 
Oh. Get your, get your clubs out for the golf. <laughs> yeah, go golfing and a- absolutely. Yeah. But the where, where do you think if San Jose can get there, and I just want to see another first-round pick, but San Jose, is Eric Carlson long for this team? Because it's a really interesting question given that Brent Burns is slotted in and he's still the undisputed number one there in terms of the go-to guy on the San Jose power play. Is Eric Carlson a case of too many cooks spoiling the broth? Or does Eric Carlson, he's simply had a rough year with injury and he hasn't really slotted in? Um, well, this the playoffs are not new to him so like he he knows what he's doing mm-hmm. and i think i think he can be he can be really valuable going into the finals if they can get that far and find out how to use him yeah because uh, it, it's it's an intimidating potential line. yeah, yeah. Does, do, do you play him on the second pair rather than play him up against that top line that colorado's got to try and make him more effective that's a that's a tough one i'd I'd like to see him play with Brent Burns, but I feel like it's a bit of overkill, you know, having two mm-hmm. two playmaking defense on the same line. Mm. So maybe maybe split him up a bit and s- yeah. see if you can get a little bit more well, offense for a from them. and yeah. some of those lesser yeah. lights to come in and really make an impact. Yeah, absolutely. Now, before we let you go, Danik, uh, we were talking in the green room a little earlier. Have you stopped by a servo or a botlo yet, and have you done a Macca's run? And question and question number two, do you have any idea what the hell I'm talking about? I uh, have no idea. So, Jeremy, do we sit down with Danik on the bus to Canberra tomorrow and just give him a dictionary of Australian slang? Oh, it's a long dictionary. <laughs> I've got a better thing for you. You have, you have Facebook? Yeah. Okay. Go in there and search Aussie lingo. It's got about 40 or 50 of the most regularly used... Aussie slang terms and might make it a little bit easier when it comes to it. So. Oh, there's a couple of good videos on Yeah, YouTube as well, too. yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, the Aussie Lingo and Aussie Lingo 101 on Facebook, you'll see them and it basically explains most of the regular ones, like the Servo, obviously. The Botlo and yeah, the Macca's the, Run. The Botlo and, and Macca's Run. Yeah. Actually, pop the Thunderbo- quiz. And the Thunderbox. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, all right, pop quiz. Let's just see whether you can guess the right one. When we talk about Akadaka, are we talking about a car, a band, or a food? Uh, let's say food. Or no. Ba-bum. No. No, Akadaka is an um, Australian rock group, ACDC. Well, they're from uh, Melbourne anyway, so... They're Australian, they're close well, enough. Well, yeah, it's close enough. It's Melbourne, it's south of the border. But, gents, time is starting to get away from us, and we've got a lot more sport to get through. It's been great having you on the bench. Danik, good luck in your Sydney Bears debut tomorrow. It's not exactly the easiest place to go to make a debut in the AIHL, the Brave Cave, but hopefully we can get one back for the second grand final rematch this season. And no pressure, but can you score four tomorrow? I'll try. I'll try my best. Jeremy, you put the mock on last week. We were talking about hat-tricks and whatnot and didn't quite get there in the end, but are you going to be able to line up and protect Danik from all the cheap shots that are going to come in from all those brave fans tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, I'll, if, if they come along, I'll, I'll do my best. All right. Jump the, jump the, the, question, the question should be is, will he drop the gloves and throw one if Danik gets No, because he gets, gets, thrown, you get thrown out of the game in the AIHL for that. It's very yeah. disappointing. You get a suspension. Oh, Sorry, I'll, automatic I'll, suspension. I'll take care of myself. Oh, there, there hey, well, you, you go. Yeah, well, I'm, say, I'm standing next to Danny, and he's a 
He's a fairly tall dude compared to myself. So just, yeah. just run the goalie. You'll be fine. We don't <laughs> care about that. But Jeremy Vasquez and Danny Gautier, it's been great having you on this week. And hopefully we'll get you back in the studio again very soon. Uh, I hope to come back and thank you. It's time to hit the ice. You're all about caring Sydney Bears are back for the 2019 Australian Ice Hockey League season with all the speed, hits and goals that ice hockey is famous for. Buy a season ticket package to ensure you're not left out in the cold as your Bears rip and tear with the aim of going one better on last year to claim the 2019 Good All Cup. Log on to bearsden.com.au for all your season ticket and merchandise options. And for the latest Bears news and updates, tune in to The Bench every Friday from 6pm. Sydney Bears, hear us roar. Sponsors of Triple H.